drinking, bro. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. Yes. Oh man, I don't. I don't hear someone there. I don't hear someone overweight eating into the microphone. Where is Jared Taylor at? Well, he's Jared gone. is actually he, no, he's here, but he has no microphone because he's eating nine cheeseburgers. Is he, right is now. he fucking he, snacking? Is he snacking underneath the table? Where's my no, little but hamburger? He is trying at? to make a man bun out of his uh, kind of weird cough, like he, coof, kind of weirdo. Like, did he grow his hair out? Did he grow he's his hair out over there? Is it long? It's fucking weird. Can you it, can you grab it by the back by, by the back of the scruff from behind? Um, well, any guy that drives around the Fast and Furious prom car, yeah, he has a fucking man. I like the car. I like the car though. I will say this. Je- look, if Je- when Jared puts scotch tape around his eyes and goes Asian with it, I'm taken back to Fast and Furious 2, Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He Tokyo Drift. Oh, that, that. Well, that was the best one by far. I that's, mean, that's what I said. The Fast and Furious Shane movies, Black Tokyo was Drift a is my favorite movie. Yeah. But that's not fair. I look the closest to Paul Walker so that we know how I fucking go out, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Find a tree, uh, find a tree about 100 yards outside your office is where you you, you wind up. <laughs> um Welcome we to the got, show, we, kids. Who's our special guest? We got a voice I don't recognize over there. Who is that? Who well, do we got? First, first we, we got Mr. Evan Hafer, the, the frequenter from Black Rifle Coffee. I'm back. I can, I can, smell, I can Patterson, smell your I fucking back. coffee beans through the phone, Evan. Welcome back. Yeah, it is always a pleasure to have you. That is not coffee beans. Oh. Those are not coffee beans. And our special guest, we're just going to let him uh, introduce himself because he's a... He's, 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 he's a veteran in the, the podcast world, you know? This okay. is my first rodeo. I know. Oh, I know. It's weird. Uh, John Wellborn. I am a former NFL player, played about a decade in the NFL for the Eagles, Chiefs, and the Patriots. Uh, retired in 2009 and started this little company called Power Athlete. And we travel around the world preaching the, the word of athleticism and training and uh, taught a seminar for CrossFit for a long time, still do. Uh, CrossFit football is how people, a lot of people know us. And um, basically just taught a million seminars all over the globe. And you, have a, a you have a podcast as well? We do. It's called Power Athlete Radio. All right. All right. Well, look, I I will say this. Well, welcome to the show. First of all, second of all, you're with four, uh, obviously, of of the highest trained athletes in the world. Uh, You can't you can't see me through the microphone, but I'm a goddamn specimen. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you've been out to Home Depot lately, and you, you've t- you've taken a gander at the marble, but it's pretty goddamn close. Uh, and then you got Matt Best over there, who is who is a, a sexual nightmare of a fucking athlete uh, for a lot of people. Um, can you define what sexual nightmare means? I can. I can. I really yeah. wouldn't put those two words yep, together. I, I can't. Have you ever put? Have you ever put anything? Yeah. Have you ever put five no. plates on each side and then did a did a front squat? With one arm, that's Matt Best. Uh, no, I, I don't know I if you've seen his videos. My sexual nightmare, or what I am considered, is um, a, a dick active shooter. So when I walk into a building, no one's safe from my dick. Like that thing just picks a target and starts shooting. That's what I'm saying, though. Know, that, that's what makes so, you a sexual nightmare. So what are we nightmare. talking about here? Like, my, my, uh, like uh, semen? Or are we talking about like milky discharge, like syphilis? Uh, no, pre cum is on a standard, but yes, it oh, will be okay. um, actual seminal fluid. Oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Indiscriminate yeah, semen shooting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, John, let me break it, it down matter? to you. When, you. when you're fucking um, a man out of dominance, when you're fucking a man out of dominance. Uh, just to emasculate them, that's what a sexual nightmare is. That's what Matt uh, brings to the table. That's what so Matt Best brings on the table. So does Matt make a lot of eye contact? <laughs> he could. No. It's up to him. Cause, cause That's up to him. Is he, we're we're making he's, mad eye contact he, yeah, right now. We are. We, we are. Because he because he has like he he has this what detachment syndrome. So you don't actually feel anything. You know. So he's not going to put his eyes in you. You know. He's not going to lock. 
lock eyes unless right. it's just for dominance but it's yeah you know yeah and it, 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 i lock is about love there yeah. is no love right. because he's basically well, you, a sociopath you, you, war has basically <laughs> ruined him like it's well, fucking like, broken I, his there mind. are weird things like calves and you're like why are they why what war was calves yeah. yep. sex? Yeah. why are you staring I mean, at my ankles bro what war was this like a war of love like, yes, it yes. was like uh, the Notebook. I was gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I was Ryan Reynolds' uh, stand-in I, I during a test I was actually going to think it's, more it's, like Forrest Gump. Like you know, you lost your heart in San Francisco, and you were you know chasing a young hippie girl through the. No, uh, hey, let's bump it up. It's more like Tupac's Thug Passion. You know, when he's fucking you, it's Thug Passion. There's a lot of biting. It's fucking hot. They can't afford uh, AC. Can you give Super me hot. one Tupac line? Oh, because you know, if, if you're going to reference Tupac, at least fucking drop out on bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming. Uh, yeah, as soon as I step on the stage, I'm hearing Hoochie screaming. Look, my fofo makes sure all y'all kids don't grow. Uh, you motherfuckers can't be us or see us. We motherfucking thug life west side till we die. Like, I, dude, I could go on for an hour, dude. Don't Woo! even, don't even test me on you Tupac, know what? It's motherfucker. A, it's a rare day that you can get people to drop fucking Tupac lyrics on you, but you know what? It is a good day. Oh, good you're day. welcome. That's hey, that's, that's an ice cube. That's ice cube. That's an ice cube lyric you just dropped. And with that, nailed it. With that, we got some sponsors, John, who pay for this whole shit shit shingle to be on the air. First up, that's fucking amazing. You're welcome. You have sponsors and two that's. Somebody pays you to put this nonsense up, but I'm fucking. We, 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 so let's multiple. hear what you've got. Not only that, but there's there, there's a, there's a wait list of sponsors. Actually, first up is Havenlock. Uh, if you feel safe inside your house, you shouldn't. Because uh, most people, it takes them <laughs> yeah. about three kicks to get through the front door. Uh, with a haven lock on your door, it takes fucking 50. You'll be able to text your 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 wife, your family, your dog. If you've got a, a, an Ivanka Trump lying next to you in bed, you want to keep her safe at night. Let's say you've got a rare breed dog who's who's a championship breed. Uh, you want to keep him safe as well. You put a, put a haven lock on that, that door, dude. Go to havenlock.com. They are combat veteran owned. Type in the promo code DRINKITBROS. You get 20% off the lock. That means you get the lock for 99 bucks. It's almost like you're stealing from them, uh, which is fucking amazing. Like, uh, like Jay-Z says every episode, you got 99 problems, but a lock ain't but one. But a lock you know? ain't one. Nice. You're, got, you're one, goddamn two, right. Fucking right. God damn it. You're goddamn <laughs> right. Fucking timing on this podcast is fucking off. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for my brilliance. You know who else is brilliance you're welcome for? Strikeforceenergy.com. Uh, the tastiest, tiniest little tin pouch full of energy in all of the lands. It goes in liquors, beers, waters, any type of liquid you can name, urine, semen, pre-cum. You can put it in all of there get Cock jacked up on fucking exactly dude exactly you can get jacked up on energy and go and butt fuck the world you can look them in the eyes you can look them in the calves you can do whatever you want strikeforceenergy.com will give you the energy you need if you're a mom out there maybe maybe you just had a kid you still got that baby weight on you and you're, you're feeling a little a little tired throw some strike force all over that belly and get fucking jamming throughout the day uh, go I'm to pretty Strike sure Force all of energy. salt lake is is on strike force because the way that these mormon moms run and is is Wonderful. Exactly. I wish more men were like them. Nailed it. Uh, go to StrikeForceEnergy.com uh, for all your energy needs. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros. You get twenty percent off uh, up in that mug. Uh, and they ship. Everything. They ship like everywhere in the entire world, which is which is kind of incredible. Um, <sighs> right now we got an election going on in the United States, and uh, you know there's a, there's what? an election. Yeah. Really? There's an election Ooh, going on yeah. in South Africa too. They sh they shipped oompa, to Cape Town, South Africa. Oompa, oompa uh, you know, pray for the South Africans. That's all I got to say. Right? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, South African lives matter. Without that key key country, I don't know. What cry we, freedom, cry, you know. dude. Uh, hey, R.I.P. Nelson Mandela. R.I.P. Nelson Mandela. But go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Uh, they got the the 750 milliliter bottle. It's got a hundred squirts. Ooh, the pink uh, one. 
Yeah, the big dog. Boom. You can it's an energy squirter. Boom. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, we, it's love, like we love we love strike force energy Boom. on the show. Strike force. Uh, next up, we, we, we got a little company, a little home defense ammunition company called TartarusOrdnance.com. That's T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S-O-R-D-N-A-N-C-E.com. Uh, go to Tartarus Ordnance for all your home defense ammunition needs. They deal fucking arms. If you need guns, they got them up in that motherfucker. If you need ammunition, they got them in that motherfucker. Uh, if you wish a motherfucker would come through your door, go to TartarusOrdnance.com. Type in the promo code DRINKINBRO. You get 10% off. Guess what? If you're teaching a tactical class and you need 200,000 rounds of ammunition, you can type in that promo code and it still fucking works. Uh, what if you just want to order 200,000 rounds of ammunition after the election? Yeah, you <laughs> might want that. You, you might want that. You, you might well, want to hedge your bets. Dude, you not what? everybody is Black Rifle Coffee. Well, You're mean, not going to get 80,000 rounds of green tip. Just fall off a truck in front of your office. You're <laughs> goddamn right. <laughs> you know? God Dude, only right to set it off up, up in oh, this piece. Uh, hopefully there's no ATF here. Hypothetically. No, 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 no. That never happened. Hypothetically speaking, and, and by the way, to the listeners at home, this show is is actually pre-recorded uh, just before the election, so we don't know who won. But if your candidate did win tonight, go to warfightertobacco.com, get some goddamn cigars tonight, and celebrate the victory of the United States of America. Warfightertobacco.com is 100% combat veteran-owned. It's made with Cuban seeds, hand-rolled in the Dominican Republic uh, with tiny, tiny little fingers. Um, I'm sure they're making five cents an hour, but God damn it, if those cigars aren't the best. Real men smoke, so, well, smoke cigars, they don't they smoke rolling? hookahs. What are they I rolling? They, they're rolling cigars. Yeah, are they uh, virgin foreskins? <laughs> Look, I don't... Are they smoking I, virgin foreskins? I, I don't... I see what you did there. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what, the, what, what, what age you have sex in the Dominican Republic. Maybe it's seven. Maybe they're eight years old and they're already a man. You know, like well, they're I mean, rolling cigars. You know, right. I was really talking about circumcision. I don't know why all of a sudden you had to get into like pedophilia and fucking child sex. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Get here. your mind out of the fucking gutter. I, with me, it, it's I'm like Helen Keller on this side. I don't know where the fuck you're going with this shit tonight. I feel like I'm Anne Frank. <laughs> I feel like I'm Anne Frank over here hiding in a goddamn closet because <laughs> I don't know attic. where you're going. Well, I'm you know, trying to get the sponsors over here. Luger outside knocking on the door. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Look, I'm, I'm. I'm all franked up holding a pile of dishes, and I hear some people outside the fucking door, and I'm stuck in the closet. Uh, but go to warfightertobacco.com Type in the promo code Drinking Bros. You get 10% off of everything in the entire store Not only that, but they got apparel uh, They got some dope-ass t-shirts That we were wearing at Freedom Fest I'm a big, big fan of their shit uh, You know, the irony is you're fan. still in the closet Boy, boy I, I Honestly, I can hear a pin drop over here And I got a microphone that can pick up anything from 100 yards away I love you so much But let me get through these, these last sponsors here Next up, we got At Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed The first ever romance novel for dudes And if Matt Best doesn't make the horse noise every week You know it's, it's not a goddamn bestseller I'm not gonna uh, lie, I didn't want to do it uh, but, uh, but I felt inclined, especially You know what's uh, funny, with, I get emails why we're all the going time to New York tomorrow, I know. know, I get emails all the time And they're like, dude, I, I miss Matt Best doing that fucking horse noise uh which we love uh night she cries is is the famous the famous first ever romance novel for dudes the funniest book ever written if you like blazing saddles if you like range 15 funniest book ever written uh go to audible.com it's on there amazon.com walmart.com you fucking name it.com and it's in bookstores everywhere last but not least we got black rifle coffee mr evan hafer will tell us about his special little company Ooh, Black Rifle Coffee is a small batch, premium roast-to-order, veteran-owned, veteran-operated coffee company. We deliver the finest, freshest coffee nationally in the shortest amount of time. We do it better than everybody else. And 
we're fucking damn cool if I don't say it. Myself. Yeah, you are, I was, Evan. I was. I got a. I got a boner looking at you saying that. That was amazing. And he does have a raging hard on, but he's had that for at least twenty minutes. <laughs> he has. He all brushed could, up against me. All in the I could hear in my head as you were saying that was just America. Yeah, America. Yeah. He America. brushed up against me and he's like, "Oh, pardon me." And I'm like, "Listen, that's a raging hard on." I'm like the dude, I, that, why, and I don't even know why you're over here. I'm the dude that goes to the strip club in fucking basketball shorts and no underwear when I'm around you because I know it's going to get it hard. Yeah. Might as well let it free. It's like a flagpole. Yeah. I'm yeah. posting up the flagpole to say Evan Hafer is fucking arrived with Black Rifle Coffee. And I'm drinking Black, Black Rifle, Rifle right now. Oh, yeah, yeah you are. Right. He's drinking coffee. We're drinking whiskey. I put whiskey in there. Oh, you, you okay. saw, you, come on. I <laughs> apologize. He's drinking bread. Of course. Alcoholism. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> well, Evan, welcome back to the show. We always love well, having you. you. All we, we always love having you. John, Jeez. John, welcome to the show. Uh, we don't get, we, you, we, we don't get too many famous NFL players on here. Uh, I can't imagine why. I mean, I wouldn't say famous. <laughs> so we're proud to NFL have you. Player. We're proud to have you. <laughs> yeah, John, let's start yeah. with the early days. Where'd you go to <laughs> let's college? Let's not throw around those famous words at all. <laughs> Where'd you go to college? No, let's start with the early true. days. Uh, I grew up in Southern California. I uh, went to school. Where about? If you don't mind asking. Uh, Palos Verdes, Torrance area. Oh, shit. I'm from Santa Barbara. Oh. So, okay. Sorry, sorry to interject. That was... Yeah, no problem. Cool. Um, so yeah, I graduated high school and uh, went to UC Berkeley. Uh, played for the Golden Bears. Liberal. Yeah, they, it was interesting. It was actually a excellent place to attend school and got a very diverse, uh, multicultural, interesting education. So yeah, see, so you went to Cal. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers went there, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, look, big, big time program. One of the best academic mm. schools. A lot of people call that the Ivy League of the West. Uh, would you agree with that? Um, sure. Come on, you got to be smart to go to Berkeley. You got to be smart to go to Berkeley. I know that school and liberal usually, so I'm concerned yeah. where this podcast is going. Well, no, 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 I mean, not at all. I, you guys have uh, guns in here, do you? Yeah, absolutely no, <laughs> not. I don't know. I mean, let's define what liberal means. I mean, uh, free with uh, your sexuality, uh, not afraid to shave your bush. That type of like, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a spectrum. It's a it's a rainbow yeah, of liberalism. Yeah, it's it's heavy is it bush a spectrum and Birkenstocks. Or is it a continuum? I kind of thought like liberalism is a continuum. I just hope they go out of sight. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but either you know way, like, so so did, hey, did you graduate think, Cal? Um, did you graduate? Yeah. Cal? So I mean, uh, I you know I had a bunch of I think I had like 90 scholarship offers, and when I looked around, and um, I got a call from like Harvard, Yale, and some of those schools, and I remember talking to my dad. I was like, Dad, I go to Harvard, and he was like. Yeah, there's uh, no financial aid there, so uh, you know you're gonna get a scholarship, and so I ended up picking the best school, which was Berkeley, and I was pretty stoked I did just from the mere fact that I got this pretty dope education and got to you know, I mean it's pretty interesting. I think people kind of grow up in this idea, and I grew up in Southern California, and you know, uh, you know, like rich middle white class kind of deal, and uh, get a chance to go to Berkeley, and then you really get to see all the diversity, and you hear all the stereotypes, and then you realize that they're all true. Yeah, And then at that point, I graduated. I graduated in four years and worked on my master's in my fifth year. And then I got uh, drafted to go to the NFL and ended up you know, doing that for the next decade. So What, what did you Right. So, so yeah, let, yeah, let's start with what, what position you, you, you played. Uh, I got drafted second pick in the fourth round of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I came in and started at right tackle as a rookie. Look oh, at, look at wow. that. Uh, that. Hey, that, that, four, that fourth round is that money area where you're still getting a decent, a decent amount of upfront cash. But but not as Decent. not not as rich as the first three rounds. Um, no, how, how did you feel, and where were you when you got drafted? Uh, I was at home. I mean, the tough part was I, I got all these calls from different teams that were like, "Hey, we want to take you with our second round pick." And then the second round went by, and I didn't get drafted. And then I got a call that was like, "Hey, we're going to take you in the third round," and that didn't happen. So I'll, uh, that was when the NFL the first day was the first three rounds. So I went to bed and was like, "Shit, I didn't get drafted." And uh, 
And then the next morning at about 6.02, I got a phone call. The phone rang, and I remember being like, fuck it, I'm not going to get up and answer it. <laughs> so my brother's wife, who was there, ended up jumping up and answering the phone, and she's like, there's a team on the phone, and they just drafted you. And so I get on the phone, and they were like, hey, we just drafted you, congratulations. And my brother turned on the, on the TV. And You're like, kidding me. Uh, who is it? And like, we're waiting for the draft kicker, and I'm like talking to these guys, and he's like, the Eagles. I'm like, Eagles? Where the fuck is Philadelphia? <laughs> and like, you know, like I, uh, the, uh, uh, Juan Castillo was the offensive line coach. had come out and worked me out. And um, he fucking put us through this baton death march of a workout. And I got pissed off after about 90 minutes of doing a bunch of fucking, you know, dancing monkey shit. And uh, ended up fucking taking a cheap shot and like knocking him fucking ass over a tea kettle during the drill. Like he was holding a bag and I fucking lit it up and like knocked him down and hurt him. And um, ended up my agent called me after. He's like, I'm like, those fuckers aren't going to draft me. I fucking tried to kill the offensive line coach. Sure enough, they ended up drafting me. It's like, that was a really good hit. Yeah. yeah. He, he was like, we should hire this guy. Not, not only that, but he, I'm sure your agent was like, hey, you know what the NFL minimum is, right? Like, like please just stick this out and not be a dick, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it really wasn't much of a matter of whether or not I would play or not. It was, um, it was where I would go. I mean, uh, Berkeley, you know, for all the liberal fucking nonsense you hear about Berkeley, I mean, there was at one point like more NFL players from Berkeley you know, than just about anything else other than maybe Florida State at one point in the NFL. So when I came to the NFL, a bunch of the guys that I played with in college were all starters in the NFL. And then you kind of measure up. You're like, wait a minute, that guy's getting paid fucking $10 million a year and getting, you know, 11 sacks. And all of a sudden I was yeah. hanging that dude when I was playing. So it was just more of a perception of just, I just need to get an opportunity to go out there and play. Not, not only that, but, but Berkeley itself is such a great school that if you graduate with an education there, you're still making six figures wherever you, you land after that. So I, I'm sure in your mind you're not uh, yeah, too. I don't you're not think terribly you can make those worried, right? General. No, I mean I I was um you know I graduated in four years with a rhetoric degree, and then I was working on my master's in my fifth year, and then um basically my plan was uh, to go back to law school and had uh, a law school scholarship lined up to go back to Bolt, and um, I was you know just got a chance to go play in the NFL, but the problem was I didn't really know anybody that you know I mean I played with guys, but I mean how long do white dudes play in the NFL? Not very long. Yeah, and the average. Yeah, and, and, yes, and the average is. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, and I mean, but but <laughs> it's true. I mean, I'll let him off the hook. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really like not that many guys play, and so um, you know, the average is a couple of years. And I figured, shit, I'll play a couple of years, and I'll go back to law school, and then a couple of years, and it'll become ten years. So, so, so a decent career in the NFL. Yeah, Damn. exactly. So after your rookie contract is up, did you sign the big money contract after that? Yeah, I mean, um, the Eagles were pretty smart in that they um, assessed good young players and signed us to fucking you know longer contracts pretty early on and uh i ended up coming on started as a rookie ended up getting hurt and then came back and rehabbed came back and started my second year and then in the beginning before my third year they ended up signing me to a long-term deal so oh. i mean that's pretty good i mean i and what what, what year what, yeah what what year was that by the way uh 2001 okay 2002. so 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 you were in the mcnab uh terrell owens era yeah, i believe uh, correct mcnab was drafted in the first round i was drafted in the fourth oh shit same draft uh so yeah. so what what was it like on that team with mcnab and to was it really as contentious as uh, yeah uh to came the year after i left i ended up getting traded i had some contract disputes um i had ended up uh playing on an injury and ended up having a surgery on a monday and then came back and played on a sunday and part of their deal for uh, me coming back to play early on a fucked up knee was that they would redo my contract. And then when the season was up, uh, they basically told me to go fuck myself. And at which point I fucking got into a, a little bit of a battle with them. And then they ended up trading me to the Philadelphia or uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. So, so, so you, miss, you missed the T.O. era. You were gone for that. Yeah, I'm really not upset about that. <laughs> so, well, look, I they, mean, they I, went to, they went to what? Three NFC championships back to back. 
and then a Super yeah, Bowl, so right? I, I played in all three NFC Championship games, and then uh, and then the year I left, they actually ended up going Super Bowl. No but shit. I was fortunate. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, the team I got traded to, Kansas City Chiefs, is considered and by many to be the best offensive line to ever play in pro football, which had Willie Rofe, Will Shields, um, you know, Brian Waters, Casey Wigman, and myself. So, I ended up getting you know a you know pretty winning team and a pretty you know good offensive line and basically getting traded for you know which was pretty big honor to have them trade and actually come in and start for the best offensive line probably ever a- absolutely look football. willie rofe is is a is a hall of famer uh he's one of Dude, the he was one of the best to ever that. do I mean, it one of the best yeah, to ever was, do it yeah all decade team and uh you know will shields first round ballot for them you know those guys are the best to ever play the game and i was fortunate ever, to uh, ever to play yeah. with those guys yeah that, that that's pretty incredible and and where'd you you were in new england after that so do you you got a yeah, you got a then, chance to play with brady and the boys yeah no actually my 10th year i went to new england and um i had i ended up getting hurt in the last preseason game i um i, don't, I mean little known fact i actually competed in the crossfit games uh did you really yeah 312 pounds I was the, wow. whoa. Yeah. So the next biggest competitor was about two oh two, and so uh, CrossFit <laughs> hit me up about a week before the CrossFit Games and uh, said, "Hey, you want to compete in this thing?" I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll go to before training camp. I'll go win this CrossFit Games thing." So I showed up, and uh, I think out of like two hundred, I finished in the eighties or something, and uh, ended up about a week later going to play for the uh, Philadelphia or um sorry uh, New England Patriots, and then the last preseason game, I ended up getting hurt. And uh, I didn't say anything when I got hurt. I ended up chipping off a piece of bone in my knee. And I just walked off the field and said, uh, I'm good. And then I just figured I'd make the team, get through the first week, then say something. And then uh, I ended up getting hit with like a, hey, uh, we got to make a roster move so we got to cut you. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then yeah, the well, called, look, the NFL is a business. And a lot of people don't yeah. realize that at home where they, you know, they see it on TV. They think it's all, yeah, you no, know. I'm, I mean, it, yeah, to- totally a business. So uh, I ended up getting released. And then when other teams called, and I didn't go sign with other teams. When I came back, they put me through a physical and found my knee was fucked up. And uh, I came home and had surgery. And then that was my 10th year. And I was training to come back. And as I was training to come back and kind of like, you know, getting ready to go fucking light it up for what, year 11, all of a sudden I got a phone call from one of my uh, former teammates, a guy named Kyle Turley, who had a seizure at a bar. So he was at a bar in Nashville, had a fucking seizure. They took him out, took him to the hospital, did a CAT scan and found out he had like pretty extensive brain damage and was fucked up. And so he called me and was like, bro, my fucking brain is squished. I'm having all these issues. And I started, I went back and looked and I have like more career starts than him. And I'm like, Fuck. I'm like, Ooh, right. And, um, okay. Maybe this is the fucking writing on the wall. And just about that time, CrossFit ended up hitting me up and seeing if I wanted to teach a seminar and going to work for this little startup called CrossFit. And I was <laughs> like, fuck it, let's go work with these guys. And so I ended up retiring from the NFL and, uh, launching a website and started getting in this kind of brand of strength conditioning. Cause I just saw a lot of bullshit out there and I'm like, you know what? A lot of people talking about strength conditioning and training have no fucking idea what they're talking about because very few people have ever put in a situation where you actually have to use your version of strength conditioning or your training to fucking make money and basically get to go beat fucking ass for every Sunday. So I came out and started posting my training and talking about what I did and started a blog called Talk to Me Johnny where I just basically started answering questions and helping people and it evolved into a seminar and evolved into Power Athlete and all the things we've been doing. So. But I'm sure them. I'm sure coming out of the NFL 10 years, you, you got a lot of confidence going in. So it's not like these little CrossFit fuckers are going to say shit to you and you're going to be like, all right, cool. Like, well, I, I can still roll you. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I respect people that fucking work hard. And um, what I always respect about CrossFit and the CrossFit community was that, dude, here's a, a group of individuals that want to fucking go train their asses off and fucking work hard every day and, you know, fucking try to get better. And let me tell you, that type of community and that group of people anybody who wants to get better is i'll fucking work with them and i'm more than happy to fucking get in there i just don't like to work with a bunch of lazy fuckers 
Sure. So I should should not do your programming. No, I, I you know, that's kind of why we came out here to talk about, you know, uh, power athlete and kind of my mission, which is to improve athleticism. I have a firm belief that I can basically make somebody more athletic through our training system. Nice. And that's kind of what Evan and I have been really talking about is this idea that athleticism exists on this continuum where you start in the continuum is kind of genetics or a lot of different things. But once you're on that path that if you understand athleticism as we do, or as I do, um, you, we can foster and really grow and develop athleticism and make you a better version of yourself. Yeah. I think everybody has certain innate abilities with athleticism or with just like mechanics and stuff, but they're everything can be taught for the most part. I mean, I, 100%. you're not going to be able to get leg, legs like John Jones to throw head kicks, but you can still learn, you know, certain movements and things like that that can just as well be as effective. Sure. I mean, you're talking about combat stuff. I mean, but uh, if you, well, I, think if, it's, if, I, I put if, those across that board. Sure. I mean, if you take a look at John Jones, I mean, I, I always laughed at his, you know, his brothers played in the NFL and they always called him the fucking runt and the fucking piece of shit that would, you know, and he was never the athlete. Right. Here's a situation where you take a guy who, you know, might've been the, the worst of all of his brothers and his brothers are all, you know, good NFL players. And all of a sudden you put him in an MMA combative uh, situation and the dude ends up fucking working pretty hard. And he's got a lot of natural gifts. He's got a lot of range. I mean, he's fucking long lanky dude and just big dude. I mean, just got a drug problem, you know, stay off the fucking, (laughs) stay off that cocaine, cocaine. fucking cane, fuck your couch. So no, it was, uh, it, it was a great, uh, great experience to go play in the NFL. I mean, it was, um, you know, you get to go out and, um, you know, a lot of guys were really into it for the fucking, you know, women, money and, you know, the fame of it. And I was just into it for, uh, for the fight and for the combat and the fact that I got to fucking go beat some dude's ass and got paid money for it. So yeah, all of a sudden when I, when I couldn't do it anymore and it was <laughs> over, then it's time to go do something new. I, and I would I, say I joined the army for the women and the money, right. but it, but it, was, in, it, was, <laughs> it, it was solely for violence. shooting people. It's the exact opposite. <laughs> the exact opposite. Like our first conversation, you know, we, we, we picked up the phone, we were introduced by, uh, uh, mutual friend, which is Baker Levitt from Hillcliff. Uh, we both had the mutual disclosure. We we're like, Hey, listen, I'm not really friends with Baker, but, uh, truth. Yeah, let, let's just preach. Let's just, let's just well, sit here and we'll talk <laughs> well, from actually, a natural perspective. No, what he said was Baker, he, he was like, Hey, uh, uh, you know, I'm really, you know, like, you know, just don't hold it against yeah. this conversation that Baker right. introduced us. And I was like, Oh my God, you're like the seventh person I've met that's used that exact same line. <laughs> so, and, and Baker's a great guy. Like he's, he's a fantastic character. You know, one of the first things that he said was like, Hey, I was there for the violence. So if you got a lot of football questions, I'm like, dude, I haven't seen a football game. in like, since I was like 12. So I, I was there for the violence too. So yeah. it's a common ground. So the, a lot of the things that we were talking about today, we spent like all day in the black rifle office uh, John's a wealth of knowledge and he fills in a lot of gaps where one of the things that we, we really talk about and, you know, Softly was one of the, the sponsors and John knows Brent and all those guys from Softly. And we talked about the athleticism piece, right? So where, where, what I'd like to hear more about is like this closed circuit versus open circuit, you know, how you define that. And, and hopefully, you know, we can pull out some of these definitions and then talk about developing athleticism. Cause sure. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it really started with uh, just kind of an observation that uh, very few people had actually ever defined athleticism because it's almost impossible to define. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, you can watch somebody do something and instantly know whether or not they're athletic. Uh, but yet putting into words and really, you know, creating a definition around it. And I knew that to develop athleticism, I had to define it. And so um, just through a lot of conversations with some really fucking sharp people, uh, and just my own observation, it's, you know, we defined athleticism as the ability to seamlessly and effortlessly combine primal movement patterns through space to accomplish a known or novel task. 
And then based off of that definition, we could go back, pull out pieces, and start developing athleticism based off of that definition. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, you know? and, and we talk about like these closed circuit tasks. So yeah. define a closed circuit task. So a uh, closed circuit really is defined as movements that have defined starts and finish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything is, uh, you know, exact muscle memory. So you become the master of the mundane. And, you know, it's basically known tasks. So a uh, closed circuit would be uh, Olympic weightlifting, uh, golf, um, you know, from sporting deal, uh, powerlifting, you know, where you know exactly gymnastics is, is a closed loop. Um, and, you know, there's no surprises at this thing. It's your ability to execute these movements. And well, it's a specific task, right? You're not necessarily having to adapt to yeah. something else, like a, a, a dynamic situation or exactly. something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's that known task, right. yeah. yeah, like specific known. So, I mean, for example, if a girl's going to get up on a, on a balance beam and she's going to go out, she knows exactly, she's rehearsed her routine. She knows exactly what she has to do to execute it because she has re- rehearsed it. It's, it's muscle memory. It's you know, she knows exactly. It's not as if something somebody's going to run off the fucking crowd and spear her as she goes into her uh, rotation. Which would be way more entertaining. Way more hundred percent. Well, it's the same but, thing. Like when I when I would look at boxing and, and Muay Thai and stuff, got you see guys on on pads and mm-hmm. and on um um you know hitting the bag. They're like, wow, beautiful technical strikers, and then you throw them with throw a jab back at them, and they're it's. It's well, a shit show. That's, they, they look like a fucking two-year-old out that's there. That's so. the difference when you transition from the mm-hmm. closed loop to the open loop, right. where now all of a sudden there is no start and def- uh, start to find, you know, right. uh, beginning and ending. Um, you know, you don't know what's going to happen at you. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, there could be a million different variations and you're, you know, everything <laughs> happens. So, I mean, if you think about like, uh, for example, like basketball is a good example. Um, the free throw so like hey i get uh you know fouled and i want to do a free throw that's a closed loop right but yet the game of basketball is open loop so you have different very you know both the variations so it, it'd almost world. be like a one night stand taking a girl home i know in closed loop i'm gonna have sex with this girl now how she reciprocates especially if alcohol's involved you know if she goes to choke me i might have to to kind of reverse her uh, pin her yeah no. exactly uh, like no, that nope no. it's actually so, exactly like so that. The, it's exactly it like is. that so it's exactly when, like that you, i will write your forward for when your you, netbook <laughs> when you go home with the when you go home with the one night stand it's open loop because you don't know what the fuck is going to happen no but you still now if clothes. you go home with your wife there that's a closed loop where you know exactly what's going to well no happen. because i practice my hip thrusts my goddamn my right tongue, you do my tongue rotations yep, well does, then um, that is all then those are all your closed loop environments right but yeah, I'm applying those in an open loop space. Yeah, well, the yeah. open loop space well, no, but, but would be her doing... after a bunch of drinks getting crazy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But what Matt is doing is <laughs> is he's thinking locally, but he's acting globally on shit like that. And that's right, what I love right. about him. It's like Al Gore. Yeah. It's like a tactical Al Gore. <laughs> exactly. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to use your wealth of knowledge and, ha- and make it apl- applicable to my personal life. You know? Yeah, I think it's great. why not? You know, why not? Any way I can offer you so, knowledge so, in terms of being more effective in the bedroom, I'm uh, fucking in. I, I, I just want to digress just, a, one, just yeah. one heartbeat on this, which is like, tell me the story of the police cruiser. The police cruiser? Yeah. Tell me the story of the uh, police cruiser that you bought. Oh, 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 did, did oh, Jer- oh Wait, wait, did Jared we gotta wake up underneath we got, the table? We, we have to uh, hear this. Uh, so when I, like, the last season I played in Kansas City, I ended up getting off the uh, airplane and, you know, come out of the, uh, you know, fucking airport. And if you've ever been to Kansas City, airport's pretty small. Um, one of my buddies was supposed to pick me up. Of course, he flakes, and this is pre-Uber and all that shit. So I'm, like, looking for a cab. And all of a sudden, I see that there's a government auction of vehicles going on in the center of, uh, you know, Kansas City Airport. So I'm like, I'm in. I walk over and I ended up buying this black and white uh, cruiser for like 1800 bucks, a uh, retired police car, and I'm fucking mobbing in this thing. And um, didn't register it, didn't, uh, no insurance. 
and basically mobbed around in this piece of shit uh, for the rest of the season. And what we would do is uh, late at night, we'd get in the car and fucking tail people around at night. And uh, people would lose their fucking minds all of a sudden, like, you know, you get in like real close behind them. They know it's a fucking cop car. It's got the right. bumper on the front. It's got the fucking white door. And we just fucking get in real close and people would go like, like instantly like changing their shit and doing a bunch of stuff so it was uh pretty funny dude and it was it, you know and then I when like, i and, t- and then when i left kansas city i just fucking parked it in the uh parking lot left the keys in it and walked out and fucking put my bag and literally walked away from it so and whoever it, you are in kansas city that has that vehicle yeah, you're that welcome is, yeah, yeah. Uh, they probably got towed and, and who's the dude that had the driver that you'd like oh uh larry johnson uh ended up signing a big contract Shut- and he had a uh yeah larry johnson was a beast man yeah, and then he got paid, and then he fucking you know forgot how to run. But uh, he ended up uh, getting paid, and the next day, a uh, fucking white one of the greatest fantasy football up. players of all time, by the way, Larry Johnson. Yeah, we. Was... I mean, so when I played uh, for the Chiefs, I mean, we dude, we with Larry Johnson and Priest Holmes. I mean, dude, we fucking you dude, guys we, we so dominated. We set some NFL records dominated. that have never yeah. been broken. I mean, I think we scored like seven rushing touchdowns in the first half on the Texans. Fuck yeah, you did. I dude, yeah. Pri- Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson. We're going one two in every fantasy football draft across the nation. You guys are the best yeah. O line in the biz. Uh, yeah, and we like Tony, uh, Tony Gonzalez and uh, uh, it was a know, sexy team. Best tight end in history. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, fucking T Rich at fullback. I mean, do we had uh, probably? I mean, one of the most stacked uh, offenses. Sexy team, but you you guys couldn't win in the playoffs. Why not? Is my question. Uh, well, we <laughs> well so that la- that last year we go to the playoffs. And we're playing the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, you are. Um, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's uh, Peyton at the Manning. helm. The sheriff. The sheriff is at the helm. And the problem was Willie Rofe ended up getting hurt and not playing in that game. And they had a, a young offensive tackle guy named Jordan Black come in. And, you know, Jordan was, you know, hadn't been playing that season. I mean, he was Willie's backup. And they asked him to come in there and fucking block Fright Night Dwayne Freeney, uh, you know, in the very first playoff game in Indianapolis on the turf. And, you know, they fucking basically throw a guy in there who hadn't been playing wet left tackle so much so that... Uh, you guys got house, the, right? It was, it was a big, yeah, it was in, a big in score. The second qu- in the second quarter, I'm standing there, and I, I was playing right tackle. All of a sudden, I see uh, my backup come running on the field. And I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm like, for me? And he's like, no, I want you to go play tight end. And they ended up uh, play, playing me at tight end on the left side. For You're the kidding. The You're fucking yeah, kidding. And I hadn't played tight end ever in my life. So they just said, hey, we need you to go block him. You guys got killed that game. What was the final score? I don't. Um, I can't remember, dude. I couldn't tell you a single fucking score. It was a game. big boy number, though. Was it? it was like 40, 40 something to seven or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they fucking slacked us, but it happens. Yeah, no, no, it, it does happen because because the NFL is like that. I mean, it, it is. Look, you, you lose your best guy, you're you're gonna get house, and that that's just them's the rules. Yeah, There's nothing I mean, you can do uh, about it. Yeah, I mean, D- Dwight Freeney on the turf in his prime was just one of the the scariest individuals. Um, he, you know, and for a guy who hadn't been playing, I mean, that's like fucking, you know, you guys like all of a sudden taking some dude who's never been there and just being like, grab your shit, let's fucking go. And I need you to be a fucking warfighter. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Over yeah. Time. And hey, you and, know, and you, Fr- Freeney's you still playing today. Freeney's still playing today, right? Yeah. You, you build competence and you build, uh, you know, technique and you learn to fucking do that job under stress only by doing that job under stress and basically throwing a guy in at the end of the season is a fucking bad deal. Yeah, for, uh, and Freeney was with yeah. the Falcons uh, either right now or last season. Uh, Freeney is still in the fucking game, uh, surprisingly. Yeah. He's a beast, dude. He was, beast. I mean, at one, at one point, he was one of the scarier people. I mean, they called him Fright Night for a reason. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. What's one of your craziest stories from the NFL? Because uh, I'm from Atlanta. I'm a diehard Falcons fan. Uh, I've heard some crazy stories about Brett Favre before he got traded. 
to Green Bay. Like what kind of crazy stories? Like on the field, off the field? Both. But so uh, I'll lead you into this. Uh, the because a lot of people ask me, oh my god, Brett Favre, one of the greatest players of all time. You're a diehard Falcons fan. How can the Falcons trade him? The story I heard was he was getting fucked up at strip clubs all over Atlanta. He showed up uh, drunk to the stadium because he didn't know where his house was, slept in his car, and the offensive coordinator woke him up the next morning at 6 a.m. Do you yeah, have... that's not a... No, that's not really a big deal. I mean, we did that it, on several it, nights. It, exactly. Yeah, so like so what's your craziest story? I actually... I, I can remember more than one occasion actually driving from the bar to the facility and parking in the first spot so that I, you know, I wouldn't be late for meetings. That's exactly what happened to Brett Favre. That's exactly what yeah, happened to Brett Favre. That's uh, that's not unusual. That's yes. So so that's, so that's so what's take called it. being responsible. Exactly. Now, if he went home and fucking slept through his alarm. That's what I said. You know say. what? I'd say he was being irresponsible. No, that's just responsible. No, he was he was ready to show up for work. He might have had a yeah. giant hangover. The condom was still on his dick. Yeah. He was there to get the work done. Well, exactly. You know, I think. I think where Brett kind of fucked up a little bit is uh, I think things got past him a little. Like he forgot kind of who he was, and I think he tried to go into this technique or technology age. Like all of a sudden he was like you know sending dick pics to that one girl, right? And, yes, you know I mean the reporter back in the yeah back in the well no I think she worked for the team, but uh, I mean that was the chick that you used to see in all the Florida State. If you Google like Florida State hot chick fucking football dude, she was like the chick in the cowboy hat showing all the cleavage, and so she got a job and went over to the Jets and yeah, you know, Brett fucking rolls in, and this is fucking Brett Favre. This is NFL royalty, and you know what he's thinking. To send this bitch a dick pic, and you know what? I'm going to slay this young Dude, broad. We, we, yeah, we talked about them on the podcast before in 2016. I don't care who the fuck you are. Like, I am a nobody, and I can't. I the second I sent out a dick pic, especially to someone that, that's I'm not long term dating, that shit's going public real fucking quick. Yeah, I mean, I you're not a nobody. You're not a nobody. You're a somebody. Put you're a somebody. Every Matt. dick pic Mac is uh, Matt has ever sent me. Well, I, what's I so awkward is you just sent me one, and we just met a few minutes. Ago. Right, I know. So I log them. I log Matt's dick pics. Where I'm gonna actually just take naked photos and release them of myself, so that way no one can blackmail. We're like, oh, well, God, the calendar. Photo. We're gonna I do mean, a calendar. Isn't that, the, isn't yeah, that how Kim Kardashian got became famous? Pretty much. She got I mean, eaten sh- out by Ray Ray, 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 something. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Some fucking rapper. Yeah, and it's now Kim she's Kardashian. fucking billionaire. Yeah. That's how I. That's how I, I fight it. I, I honestly. Who's Kim Kardashian? Ab- about six months ago, somebody I was like, why the fuck is she famous? And I actually put into Google, why is Kim? And as soon as I fucking put his why is Kim, it came up famous. And I hit it, and it was like she was famous for getting fucked in that thing. And, uh, yeah, just kind of how Paris Hilton became right. famous. Yeah, if you put in, yeah. It was fucking unbelievable. First gained media attention as a friend she- and a stylist of Paris Hilton. Oh, Ray J. Oh, Ray J. Oh, boy, oh, work, 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 And work. a sex tape with her and former Bill, uh, boyfriend, do, do we Do we need a sex tape to maybe up our um, pop culture? Yes. Yes, Matt. Fuck we need a sex yes. tape of you. Homeless cream pie. Yeah. Homeless cream pie. We, no, we need a sex tape of right you and now. Chelsea Clinton. Do not Chelsea go Clinton. down that fucking rabbit Chelsea hole. Chelsea Clinton? We, we've been Why there. not? Oh, bro, I'm down. I will fuck yeah. my way through the Clinton family. I'm into family. gingers, man. I'm Listen, into gingers. Let's I do the opposite, do man. Wait, I'm married. Hold on. I'll stick a cigar in Hillary in the Oval Office. Hashtag fucking. She's in I know. She's not going to get in. We don't know chicks, yet. Bro. We don't know yet. That's we're an pre-taping this. She's into chicks. Everybody fucking. No, I know yeah. we don't know, but but we're, we're live feeding right now. Exactly. On the hey, hey Evan, yeah, and since we are live feeding, uh, Matt, l- let me ask live Evan feed. Evan something. Uh, I just yeah. watched the Wiener documentary on a. Uh, you know, she's obviously he's obviously married to Huma, her her top she's, aide. Uh, is is that her fucking scissor sister partner? How does that relationship work in your in your mind? I think so. That's what I think, right? Yeah. I, I, 
Dude, I don't know. It, I, they, I I actually do not know. Who must hot? How long is Schumer season for? I know there, uh, twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah, twenty years. Not, and, and I don't know if you guys have seen the political breakdown of what her associations are. Yeah, with. It's, it's fucking insane, dude. It's, her it's her it, uh, it's, it's like insane. it's like her mom is like the head of like uh the I think it's like the Islamic Woman's Right paper, which is owned by like all of these different uh like, by Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, but it, it's it, it's uh what's the terrorist Wait, organization but, but, that but, but fucking hates Saudis, Israelis? Is the, it uh Mossad? No, no, it's um. Fuck, I freaking, but, but the Saudis own the Clintons lock, stock, and barrel. Well, like, I mean, we dude, uh, like, I think it was like the, the king Gore. of Qatar paid $12 million to have tea with, with Hillary, yeah. and they yeah, never showed. Yep. So. Yeah. so it's like, they're, they're for sale. Everybody knows they're for sale. I mean, yeah. the, the, the Clintons are quite possibly the biggest political whores in history, outside of like Grover Cleveland, which we, fuck, who, know, who knows Grover Cleveland except for Evan, right? So, <laughs> but... Yeah. Well, isn't that his code name on fucking Tinder? Yeah, Gro- I think so. Grover Cleveland. Hey, uh, that is a who good, knows that is the a good gu- we're we're, we're like second we're like we're second phase of the Gilden era, right? So it's like well, fuck well, yeah. Well, the insane part fucking, is everything's for sale. Is fuck actually it. after Hillary wins, we're not gonna be able to put out this podcast because all of a sudden whoa 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 whoa, 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 God like, damn right. No, Wait, what the fuck? I've never even known Matt to go to a waterfall. What the fuck is he doing hiking? Whatever yeah, he, he wants. Right. Whatever he the fuck. It was weird. Whatever he, he wants. He's Matt Kodiak God damn it. in in, uh, in eaten, downtown he was Utah eaten by hey. a cement crocodile. Hey, I fucking a try cement Australian crocodile hey, that drug him though. to the bottom of the fucking I'm, I'm goddamn cool ocean. with it. I literally always have a gun on me, and I go three places: my home, God. the gym, and my office. And all you're, are were really bad. I don't go your, to the your bar. Your pattern of life is so predictable. I know, dude. Jeff Kirkham told me. If I was marking like, you, I mean, dude, you know. Jeff Kirkham told me, he's like, Matt Best's pattern of life is too predictable. I've been watching him waiting. <laughs> Where's he going assassin. tomorrow, Evan? Where's like, he going tomorrow? Minute, hold on, what? Did he really say that? Because yeah. that's actually funny. He's like, I have a Where, Where's he going tomorrow, Evan? Where's Matt Best right going now? tomorrow? I've gotten several calls from, uh, uh, shall I say, suitors of business. Okay, where am I going tomorrow? Where are you going tomorrow? Your house, and then God the damn, gym, and then the office. He's going to New York tomorrow. But I already know where he's set up. On. <laughs> right? Come That's out. true. You don't know where I'm at. That's Come true. At me, yeah, you, you don't have know a where he's at. Why, 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 why are you mad, bro? Why are you mad? Why are you mad, bro? Because Rossi <laughs> P and I are going to write the greatest book of all time. Of all time. Dude, of all time. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to market it. I know. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So New York is going to be back to John and back to Luke. Absolutely. Back to John. Back to Luke. Absolutely. Okay. Shifting it back to John, back to Luke. So we're sitting in my office. We're talking, like talking, 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 like talking till our fucking eyes bleed, actually, right? But it's a fucking really interesting conversation. So we have to go back to like this, this cornerstone of like why we do what we do, right? And, and we, we really were introduced once again by, by Baker Levitt. We were introduced, fucking fantastic human individual, right? Fantastic guy. But Ultimately, what we're, we're talking about is going, okay, so you've got all these closed loop tasks in the task in the tactical industry. Sure. You've got the draw stroke, you've got shooting, blah, blah, blah. You've got a million different closed loop tasks. But what, what I spent the last two and a half years doing was this scenario driven, which is mainly an open loop. So there is no end to quite possibly the problem that you have to solve with a continuous closed loop scenario, right? So you might have a hundred different little tasks skill level task one, that's what we call it in the military, task that you have to string together in order to solve the problem. And John, what, what, what John did was he, was, he was telling me, okay, really, you can develop athleticism. 
So what I want to talk about for at least five minutes is just the fact that everybody in the soft community, they're not athletes. And people automatically assume like, okay, well, these, these guys are athletes. Okay, they're strong. They can endure pain. However, by a definition of agility, or at least your definition, a lot of these guys, man, they're, they're really not athletes. They're not well, they're not yeah, athletic. Yeah, like, they're um, athletes. They're non-athletic. I should say. There's a distinction between right. athlete and athletic, and I right. think people make that con- you know confusion. It's just like you can be an athlete but not athletic, and just like you can be athletic as shit and not an athlete. Right. So I mean, um, you know, kind of that. Uh, you know, people have loved to have somehow linked the words athlete, tactical, and warrior together. Right. And those words are just fucking buzzwords, and unfortunately, they don't really fucking go together. Because if your program is not working to actually, you know, challenge and test and foster athleticism, then it's fucking stale. And I think the problem is, is at least in the you know tactical world and the soft world, is you guys, you know, I mean, rightly so, you should. What should I? What the fuck am I doing? All right. So right, rightly so, what you guys do is, is you become the master of the closed loop. Right. right. So here's all these drills, and you know, like let's and um, we were talking about uh, mid south and going to Shaw's. Which I was fortunate enough to do with a group and oh, um, good old Shaws. You've been yeah, to Shaws? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, there's a situation where you come in, you shoot the standards, they record it, and then you go through all of these different, uh, you know, draw stroke. Hey, we want you to do this. This is the evolution, uh, you know, on paper. And now all of a sudden, we want to go to like you know, like the crazy Indian, or you want to run the facades, or you want to do a million different things, which is really your expression of your skills that you've developed in closed loop, and now you're putting them in a kind of a, a an open loop environment. You know, you think about running two man facades you know, shooting out of a car, going tag team, and basically being able to hit targets that, you know, you might not be familiar with, but you run it enough frequency that, you know, the first time you do it, you don't know what to expect, and it's that closed loop. All of a sudden, you run the facade fucking 50 times like we did. All of a sudden, now it becomes more of a exercise and technique where right. I know exactly what my partner's going to, you know, going to do. It's kind of like going into a fight. You know, you can spar, and you might get into a situation where you're sparring and you, you know, hey, I know that the guy's supposed to do this. All of a sudden you get into a fight and all of a sudden that sparring well, it, is not nearly as valuable. And that's something that I have a, a huge disconnect with, like with the three gun world. Like I, I value the gun world like because yeah. it's pro Second Amendment. They're learning great firearm mechanics and all these things. But ultimately what you're doing, the comparison between tactical environment, three gun environment is so different because you're mapping out your fields of fire, your structures of fire, your reloads, everything, right? Now, yeah. are they proficient with the firearm? Absolutely. And it's super fun to watch some of these girls and guys go out there and run circles around me on the three-gun stuff. But it's not in that environment where they learn enough skill sets where you could place them in almost like what you do in the military and soft community, a stress shoot. Like, here's an environment. Participate and, and be better than everybody else when you don't know what's going on. You, you're presented well, with generalities like a shoot and no shoot. You don't know what you're going into. You don't know if there's a fucking couch in front of you, how you're going to enter this room. Sure. I so, mean, but, but think, think about taking that even a step further, where now all of a sudden you're in a situation where those targets are actually actively engaging you back. Absolutely. And, and now you have to not only try to engage the target, now you have to move to evade and do this. So, I mean, if you think, it's almost like there's like multi-dimension of the closed loop, where now I'm in a situation where I don't know what's presented to me and these targets are popping up left and right. What about all of a sudden if those targets are shooting back and you're putting yourself in a situation? So, I mean, the way I look at it is if we can really break down and understand the components of athleticism, which we really look at as this primal movement patterns and developing primal proficiency, then as you know, and we develop the primal proficiency in the closed loop environment, we teach a squat, a step, a lunge, all these different movements. And then once we, you know, challenge posture and position and movement and kind of move through all this and train you to be effective, 
now you need to go out and fucking challenge this shit. Mm-hmm. And which is the difference between athleticism and really fitness, if you think about it. I mean, right. you know, CrossFit did a great job in that they made fitness somewhat quantifiable and that they said, hey, you know, fitness is increased work capacity over broad time, modal domains. So now if you can do this amount of work in a shorter amount of time, then you are increasing your fitness. So technically what they did is they tried to quantify fitness and they've done a good job. But I look at fitness as, as being useful. Right. What, you know, what level of fitness do you need to accomplish the tasks that you need? Now, if, if it's, hey, I need to fucking sprint fucking 10 yards oh, yeah, and it's, kick it's, a door in yeah. and fucking snatch a motherfucker up and drag him back, then does, does your fitness to do that need to equate, I need to run 100 miles? No. Well, no, that's, a, that's the big issue and where you see a lot of you know, soft units that were changing as well because like, the, the practical application of fitness is so different on every level. It's, Dude, fitness it's not is modu- personal. Yeah, it's not modular. It's, per- it's, it's, it's personal. So your level, what you need to do to, to be useful and accomplish your tasks. Like if, 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 well, why you the know, fuck would I train like a fucking lineman in the NFL? I wouldn't. That would be no usefulness to me at well, all as a line guy. Well, on, no, but, but, but think about this. You but, would train an offensive lineman the same way I was training you because I would train them to be more athletic. True. Because at, at the end of the day, if I can increase your athleticism and make you a better mover, then you will become a better, more useful tool at what you are trying to use it for. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not going to train a lineman the same way I'm going to train Matt, you know, because at the end of the day, the demands are different. And it, but I would it'd be never, a lot of whiskey to get the lineman. But I would so. never, uh, ever do anything that wouldn't fucking foster your athleticism. I would start you in the exact same place. I'd be like, hey, man, let's assess him. Let's see where he's deficient. And now I'm going to fucking fix you and make you a better version of yourself. Because where you start in the continuum is here. I mean, the offensive lineman's going to be fucking dramatically in front of you because he's a fucking NFL player and, you know, we're like point zero 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 one percent of the population. It hurts my pride and I, I don't think that, but well, we can I, go with it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm just telling you, man, in the last, I think it was the last 20 years, less than 15,000 guys played in the NFL and less than 1,000 played longer than four years. Right. So you're talking about a pretty small amount of population. Hey, probably hey, hey you, you know what, you know what, John, John, I'm, I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. Uh, less drop than it. five have had a podcast that is this big. So you're welcome. You're welcome Boom. for our brilliance. And uh, dude, I'm <laughs> I'm brilliance. I'm fucking forever grateful that the uh, you know Black Rifle ART15 fucking group has smiled down on me. <laughs> yeah, you should be. Yeah, you should that, be. That's so condescending, even in the fucking I, thank you. Even in the thank you. I'm so thankful that the coffee company <laughs> yeah. fucking shirt guy. You might, you might as well call him the fucking donut shop. I'm, I'm thankful that the donut shop has poured his cake I, I was, all I, over I was my body. To be fucking sincere. That's the problem. And he really, he looked right through my soul, Ross. Hey, he's like, he's I'm trying to be sincere. He, however, however I try, I am still a fucking You know what, dude? I'm just a dumb searching. rhetoric major from Berkeley. I'm just a goddamn dumb guy that I'm went just to a Berkeley. Dumb, I'm just yeah. a dumb rhetoric major. Tried to get major. a goddamn master's. Hey, and you know what um, I am? I'm just, I'm just some me, goddamn big fucking, fucking redneck Paul with a big Rand dumb dick who graduated from Ohio Shrugs. State over here. Right? Right, Ross? But, right? But yeah. I mean, dude, like, if, 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 like, we could take, I mean, and, and we will do this. I fucking have no doubt we will do this. If we can take you into a situation where we make you a better mover, we understand efficient movement, and we make you a better version of yourself, then whatever you are applying it to will make you fucking what? better. And I don't give a fuck if it's race cars, and Frank, guns, Frank. fucking whatever yep, it is. It doesn't Frank. matter. Stay in your fucking closet, boy. And, and that's where, like, John and I, we, we have this fucking fantastic John, Luke, myself sitting in my office, right? We had this fucking rad conversation where it's like, hey, listen, who are we? What are we trying to accomplish, right? So I'm a 40-year-old dude. I'm a washed up former fucking action guy, like agency contractor, blah, 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 right? So it's like, great. But what I am right now is I'm a father. But ultimately, what I'm trying to do is train 
to become proficient to not only provide, but defend my family. So just as a man today, that's what I'm trying to accomplish. And I'm no longer like carrying a carbine for a living, but I still want to be fit. I still want to be able to like walk a fucking mile and a half, but I have like these nagging injuries, right? So I've broken my back. I've got fucking Achilles tendonitis. I've got patella tendonitis. I've got fucking both elbows tendonitis. Like I've worn my fucking body to the point where you can't really say, okay, I'm not an NFL lineman, but no. ultimately what I've done is I've had to suck it up. No, but here's the thing, dude. You can learn because, I mean, dude, nobody's more, I mean, you're fucking broken and you remind me of the small little Marine and Avatar being carried around by the big blue Avatar Thank and you. I just want to carry you because I want to be you. the big Avatar. <laughs> that was overtly, ambiguously homosexual. Yeah, yeah I just, it was, it was, dude, I want to be carried I mean, I really, I really love, uh, that's actually not, kind of a, like, I, I, I just want to distill you into a little teapot and drink you for lunch. Drink you uh, dude, it's kind of a, it's kind of an inside joke in that somebody asked me, they're like, how do you see yourself? I'm like, you remember the small broken marine in Avatar? That's how I see myself. And like the fucking people were like, what? And I'm like, ah, don't, don't worry about it. Stolen Valor. Yeah. He's called Submarine. Stolen Valor. Fucking stolen flag. No, and, uh, but like, you know, as somebody, but, but here's the fucking thing that drives me absolutely crazy is you have a mileage, but it doesn't mean that you can't still train with intensity and volume in all these ways. You just have to find a more creative way to do it. And the problem is, is that the conventional methods and the conventional tools offered to you are fucking uh, antiquated. Yeah. So like, oh. you know, for, for example, um, you know, like, uh, what I would do for you is one thing we'd figure out is, is a couple things. I'd fucking take you up the street to Dr. Bueller's place and let him fucking balance you out. And then we'd fire up and use some like power dot, like EMS type units to try to get some motor unit recruitment. And at which point, if we wanted to try to ramp up some volume and try to fix some stuff, we'd use like some blood flow restricted training with some katsu and just find some ways for you to train, which allow you to keep driving adaptation. And we just have to reach outside the conventional fucking system. The problem is, is most people fucking stop the conversation at right. this fence. And I'm like, yeah, let's blow up that wall and let's get the fuck through it. Because there's, there's more technology and there's more information available uh, in terms of training. The problem is people just don't understand it and they don't understand how to fucking what, use what this he, stuff. What he's saying in kind of like a dumb term for us, because he's sounding very articulated, like anal sex, it's going to hurt the first time. You shouldn't just stop. Yeah. Push through it. Break down that boundary. Push but, through it. But if you're, if, you know, if you're having anal and the person shits themselves, it's just going to lube it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's oh, not a problem. Oh, boy. Hey, on that note, we're sitting here, right? To include Jared, who's a sandwich eating fucking shit bag. Boy. However, let's I not. Love Jared. Let's he's not. not. Hey, hey. Evan, let's let a sleeping dog lie. Uh, let's get to the drinking bro of the week. And, the and drinking bro oh, of the shit. week. Are we, are we going there already? We are. Yeah, yeah, right. Evan, we've been going for a goddamn hour. Yeah, yeah, we're going there okay. already. What, what you right. want to do? Avatar? All three movies? Uh, yes. So the drinking bro of the week is submitted by Matthew uh, Gillespie. He says he'd like to, to make a request that his dad is actually the drinking bro of the week. His name is Brian Gillespie. He's been a volunteer firefighter for 33 years. Uh, he's gotten a couple of awards for his heroism, uh, and he was unaware until now. He's a mechanic at a Carner Machinery in Salem, Virginia, and has been one for 20-some for odd years. He loves the podcast, loves Range 15, listens to the podcast every single morning on the drive to work, and I think it'd be super cool if his name was announced uh, while he was on his way to work. Guess what, Matthew Gillespie? Your dad was. Uh, thank you to Brian Gillespie oh. for listening to the show every day. What was uh, his dad's name? Brian? Brian. Brian is Brian. his okay, name. Brian. Brian Gillespie. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate uh, it. The son yeah. is uh, Matthew Gillespie, and uh, 
Yeah, man. Fuck. Father and son listening to the show. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, and this was an people awesome one. People helping people. It's powerful Ex- stuff. People helping people. Uh, Frank's helping Franks in the closet. Uh, and on this show, uh, Evan Hayford, thank you for joining us. Matt, Mr. Matt Best, our special hey, guest yeah. from the NFL, John. John, thank you for being here. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Former. 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 Like wow. Well, look, what, what, do you ever what leave? What was your podcast again? Sorry, Do you guys. ever leave? What, what uh, was your podcast? Uh, we do uh, Power Athlete Radio, which is the Fuck premier yeah. podcast in strength conditioning. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Boom. And, and uh, look, for, for all the kids at home who are listening, thinking about how, how can we get some new new teas, go to drinkingbrospodcast.com. Tell them Ross Patterson sent you. We are out of here. Good night, everybody. We love, we love you. you. We love you. Night.